Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Good to see you here this morning. Thank you for choosing to worship with us. Just want to say happy Easter to you all. And the tradition is when I say he is risen, you are to say he is risen indeed. Okay? He is risen. He is risen. Wow. Thank God for that. I tell you, if it was not, you know, I love Christmas and I love all that is entailed with Christmas. But there's nothing like Easter. Christmas was the promise, but Easter is the proof. Amen? And for those that are first-time guests, when I pull my ear, that's a good spot to say amen, okay? So whenever I do this, and you're not real sure if you should say amen or not, if I do this, that's your green light, okay? So, all right, let's practice. All right, good job. Man, I love that song, how his love never gives up and never stops. I love that song. Aren't you glad of that? In Romans chapter 8, verse 35 is really what it's talking about. And it's great news there. And the good news is this, that God loves us. Aren't you glad of that? That God loves us. But the better news, the better news than that is the fact that he always will. Anyway, he will always love us. There's nothing that will ever happen in your life. Uh, that you could get outside of the realm of God's love for you. I love that. So happy Easter to you all. The tomb is empty. Uh, Our Lord Jesus Christ, the God that we worship, the God that we serve, is the only God of all the gods that are out there that died, was buried, and rose again. Everyone else to go worship their God, they have to go to the grave or the tomb or wherever it is that he's buried. All we've got to do is go straight into the throne room of God and speak with him because he is alive today. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering for that. Our God is alive. I also like the fact that, you know, our God is not some little God we set up on a shelf and we have to dust him off occasionally. And if we knock him off, he shatters. We got to get the glue back and put him back together and put him back up there. That's not our God. Our God is the one that picks us up when we're broken and shattered and puts us back together. Amen. Also, next Sunday morning, we're starting our church-wide every year, the Sunday after Easter, we, we start a church-wide small group campaign. And the small group campaign we're starting this year is called R12. It's out of Romans chapter 12. It's true spirituality. All of our small groups will be studying uh, together every single week in their own groups, but studying the same material. And then we're going to preach every Sunday morning on a particular topic. And then we're going to study that in our small groups together for the next six or eight weeks or so. So I encourage you to come come back next Sunday. Uh, be a part of our R12 study, our church-wide study. If you're not connected into a small group, I want to encourage you to, to get connected. And if you need some help with that, uh, just write on your connection card. I need help getting into a small group or I need some information about small groups. Uh, We have small groups that meet all over the area and different towns in the area uh, many evenings a week. So there may be one just for you that you could be a part of and we want to invite you back uh, to be a part of that today. Okay. Today I want to share with you a message and it's kind of what my thoughts 
somewhat of Easter are. Obviously, it's about the tomb being empty. It's about that God loved us so much that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life here on this earth. He, he hung on the cross, and, and the Bible says, the Old Testament says, that God laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity or the sins of us all. And there he was paying our sin debt on the cross. The Bible says that after he died on the cross, they took him and they buried him in a tomb. And he stayed in that grave for three days. And he came out victoriously that third day. And that is Easter Sunday morning that we celebrate together every year as Christians. So what a wonderful story that is. It's the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. We have no salvation. We have no heaven to enter into. But because of the resurrection, we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you're here today, and you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to do that. I'm going to help you and pray with you and give you a chance to do that. But Easter is about a fresh start. I want to talk to you a little bit about a fresh start. Uh, Whenever I think about Easter, that's a lot of what I think about. It's a fresh start. And every single one of us can have a fresh start because of Easter. We can have a fresh start in the person of Jesus Christ. So let me pray. I really want to be an encouragement to you today. And I realize that Easter is a big Sunday. And the pressure is on for every preacher that stands in a pulpit on Easter Sunday. Because everyone comes anticipating this great message. But I hope you won't focus on me today. I hope you'll focus on some of the words that I'm going to say. Some of the scripture that I'm going to share with you. I hope your focus and your attention is on the Lord. Um, He's a great God. I promise you I'll disappoint you. But our God will never disappoint you. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. I feel the pressure. I want you to know that. Pray for me. Easter Sunday's a, that's the Super Bowl. My son said it. It's the Super Bowl of Christianity. Uh, but I really want you to focus on the Lord today. And I hope there's something that I can say that will encourage your heart, uh, that will encourage you as a believer and a Christian, that may speak to you as an unbeliever. Uh, maybe you've accepted Christ and you've walked away and you're not where you need to be spiritually. My, my prayer is that you'll be challenged to, to come back to Christ and And cultivate and grow in that relationship with Him. So let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for Easter Sunday morning. We're so thankful that the tomb is empty. We thank You for Calvary. We thank You for the cross. We thank You for dying for our sins there. But Lord, now we come to the place where the tomb is empty. It's a place of new beginnings. It's a place of a fresh start. And Father, I pray today that You would speak to our hearts. And Father, maybe there's some that are here that are still trapped in that tomb. Maybe they're incarcerated in their spirit, in their soul. Maybe there's some that need the stone, the obstacles rolled away in their life so that they can experience the freedom that we only have in the person of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that the gospel will be presented, that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. We invite you in to our presence. We we pray. As Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago, that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us more like the Son of God. And we also pray and continue in His prayer that that we stand in total dependence upon You today. And God, I realize the very best that I can do is to reach the ears of those that will even listen to me. And how I stand here in total dependence upon the Holy Spirit to take the words that I'm going to say and pierce the heart. God, speak to us all, collectively as a church, and individually speak to us. And help us to enter into, and cultivate, and grow 
in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whenever I think about Easter, I want to take you back to the biblical narrative. I want you to go back and think about the story. When Jesus died on the cross there, when the scripture teaches that once he died on the cross that he was buried. And I want you to think about the friends and and the family, if you will, and the disciples, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that day. And there he was, Jesus, whom many of them had given their life up to follow, have left their secular careers and jobs To follow this man called Jesus. One week ago today, we preached on that Palm Sunday, how he came in triumphantly into Jerusalem. And many of them thought that he was coming in to set up his rule and his reign in Jerusalem and to be king and to free God's people and allow them to experience freedom that day. But however, how disillusioned many of them probably became as a result of watching who they thought was going to be their king to sit on the throne and rule the people, was now offered up as a prisoner and going through a mock trial and beaten and ridiculed and spit upon, his beard plucked. And they're thinking, you are the son of God. You're the man that we have left everything to follow. Do something about this. And there he allowed them, key word, allowed them. He is and was the Son of God. He could have done something, but he was in total submission to the Father's plan that was laid way before the foundations of the world were ever put together. The plan of salvation to redeem all of mankind. There he went to the cross and he suffered your shame and my shame. He suffered your hell and my hell. He, he paid the sin debt. He paid the penalty for sin himself. But he was victorious over that after they put him in the tomb. He came out victoriously that third day. But I want you to think about those that were following him. How disillusioned they may have been. How discouraged they may have been. How devastated they may have been. How disappointed they may have been have been during those three days. Have you ever been there? Have you ever invested in something and you thought, boy, this is it. Maybe it was Christianity. Maybe you gave your heart and your life to Christ. And all of a sudden, we get to a place in our life where we're disappointed. We get to a place in our life where we're devastated. We get to a place in our life where we stagger and we really don't know which way to go. We've all been there, right? You've been there. Well, the disciples were there that day. But I want you to know that whenever they went to the tomb that Easter morning, that disillusionment, that discouraging, that disappointment, that devastation left them immediately. And they were completely filled with this incredible joy, still maybe not understanding everything that was taking place, but what joy they had on that Easter morning. I hope you woke up with that same joy this morning, right? Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, do you have any joy? Turn and ask him right now. you have any joy? Listen, our joy is in Christ Jesus, right? We should have tremendous joy this morning. We may not have all the answers, and we may still have many questions, but the joy that we have in putting our faith and our hope in the person of Jesus Christ outweighs anything else in life that we may ever, may ever face. Three days later, that great joy. 
That's the biblical narrative in a nutshell. I gave you the canonology version of it. But I want, I want to draw your attention to a passage of Scripture that I think is profound. It's a statement that Jesus made in John's Gospel, chapter number 8. I want you to look at this Scripture with me. In John's Gospel, chapter number 8, and verse number 32, and verse number 36. I'm going to use a portion of these verses. This, these are the statements of Jesus. By the way, if you have a red letter edition of the Bible, which I have it on my laptop and computer and iPads and everything else now, but I like the red letters. You know why? That's Jesus speaking. Hello? This is what Jesus said in John 8 and 32. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Guys, do you realize that there is freedom in the person of Jesus Christ? Are you tracking with me this morning? There is freedom. Now, there's a lot of people that live their life in bondage. Bondage to a lot of different things. And I'm not going to start listing all those things right now. But a lot of people live their life in bondage. I'm here to tell you today that when you trust in the person of Jesus Christ, he said, when you trust in me, by the way, he said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the what? Truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except by me. Right. Jesus said he is the truth. And then he says in John 8, you will know the truth and the truth. Everybody say the truth is Jesus. The truth is Jesus. And Jesus will set you free. You see, Easter is a day of new beginnings. It's a day of spiritual freedom. It's a day of of new beginnings in our own life. It's a day for a fresh start in the person of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, church. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf, right? I mean, you can turn over a new leaf until you turn over every maple leaf there is on a maple tree and it still not change your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a new start in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a fresh start. I'm talking about a newness. I'm talking about a new beginning. And I don't know where you are today in your spiritual life. I don't know where you are in your relational life. I don't know what your family's going through. I don't know what your finances are today. I just don't understand and know where you are. But I do know this. Every single person under the sound of my voice in this auditorium today can experience a fresh start, a new beginning in the one that can set you free. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. If you would just trust him. Amen. So let me talk to you a little bit about three areas where I believe that Jesus wants to set us free in our life. I mean, think about it. If you haven't experienced freedom, then you're still in the tomb. I mean, there's disillusionment, there's devastation, there's disappointment, there's, there's discord, it's negative, the skies are still black in your life. You see, I believe God wants to roll the stone of your heart away today, right? And He wants to allow you to have a resurrection in your heart, in your life, like He had on that resurrection morning. I believe the Lord Jesus wants to set us free from some things. Let me share with you number one. The first thing I believe He wants us to set us free from is your pain of your past. Now, let me. Let, there's three areas. We're going to talk a little bit about the past. We're going to talk some about the present. And then we're going to talk about the future. And I want to try to bring some application from the Scripture about Easter Sunday morning and what Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and trying to make some application to our life, okay? So that when you walk out that door, you, you listen, I hope you experience more than some religious ceremony today. Hello? 
Now, I realize it is the traditional thing to do to go to church on Easter. But I hope you can get past your tradition today. Matter of fact, if that's the only thing that brought you here, your tradition, I say, well, praise the Lord for your tradition, right? But I hope you leave here with more than tradition, right? I hope you leave here with more than just being religious today. I hope you leave here with a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? Because I promise you, He can change your life. Religion will never change your life. But a relationship with Christ will change your life. And I believe He wants to set us free. In John 8 and 32, He said the truth will set you free. John 14 and 6, He called Himself the truth. So I think we can easily say that Jesus wants to set us free. And there's some areas in our life that I think He wants to set us free from. And one is the pain of your past. Guys, do you realize that the number one cause of unhappiness in people's life is because people are stuck in the past? Right? I mean, they're stuck. They had one point in one season, one time, one point in their life where they were happy. And that may have been 20 years ago. And something's happened, and they're always wanting everything to be like it was 20 years ago. And they're stuck in the past. Guys, may I remind you that we live in a changing world? Hello? May I remind you that Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us that there's a season for all things. There's a beginning and an end to all things. May I, may I remind you that, listen, listen, although our God never changes, he said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Amen. Our God never changes, but our life and our circumstances are always changing, right? But some people are stuck in the pain of their past. And what I simply mean by that, I'm talking about holding on to the hurts. Of the past. You know, someone has, may have said something to you. Someone may have done something to you. You may experience some type of pain in your past. But I want to let you know today that I think the Lord wants to set you free from that. Because it's robbing you of your joy. It's robbing you of your happiness. Right? And there's two areas whenever we talk, start talking about the pain of the past. There's two areas, and I have them in small print here on the screen for us. The pain of resentment and the pain of regret. Let me just speak briefly to that. There's some folks that are stuck in the past and they live a life of resenting people or circumstances or things. This resentment over the way that possibly someone has hurt you. Guys, may I say this to all of us? Everyone in this room has been hurt by someone. Are you with me? We have all experienced pain. The difference is how we deal with it, right? Listen, this resentment, we're all, we, we can't ever get past what so-and-so did. We can't ever get past what happened in those circumstances. And we're stuck in the past. And we've lost our joy. And we have no happiness whatsoever because we are incarcerated. We're still in the tomb, if you will, of resentment. Let me ask you a question. What is it that you have never gotten over? What is it that one thing in your past that you have never really turned over to Jesus Christ? What is it that one thing in your past that you have never really gotten over? Is it that failure? Maybe you stepped out to try to do something and you were a total flop, a total failure at it, and you've never gotten over it. Maybe it was an abusive relationship. Maybe it was an emotional abuse or physical abuse or maybe some type of sexual abuse. What is it that you have never gotten over? Maybe it was a rejection. 
Maybe someone ridiculed you. Maybe it was a parent that rejected you. Maybe it was a failed marriage. My point is, guys, we've all been hurt. Every single one of us have experienced some type of pain. And I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to set you free of resentment. In Isaiah 43, look at this passage of Scripture. In Isaiah 43, in verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you see it? You see, the Lord was telling the children of Israel, there's some things you need to let go of. I mean, I'm doing something in your life and you can't even see what I'm doing because you're stuck in the pain of the past. Guys, the same thing is true in our life. God wants to do something in our life today. He wants to move in our situations, in our circumstances, in our life, in our families, in our marriage, in our jobs, in our finances, wherever they are. God wants to do something there. And a lot of times we can't even see what he's doing because we're stuck with resentment in the pain of the past. I know what you're going to say, preacher. You just don't understand. You don't understand how someone hurt me. You don't really understand all that I went through. You just don't understand. There is no way that I could forgive them. There's no way that I could get past them. You know what I would say to you? You're right. You're right. There's no hope for you whatsoever as long as you're trusting in yourself. Are you with me? There's no way you can get past that. There's no way you can forgive them. There's no way you can overcome that. There's no way you can forget about that. You're going to spend the rest of your life filled with resentment. That's true. However, what you need to do is give it to Jesus. You need to give it to the Lord. He can help you. It's through His power. It's through His might. It's a supernatural power that God gives us that allows us to move past the resentment and the hurts in our life. Listen, we've all been hurt by people. Have we forgiven them? We need to. Is it easy? No. Can we do it in and of ourselves? There's no way you can do it by yourself. But we all can do it through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Psalm 34, 18. Look at this scripture. I want you to get a hold of this. This scripture in Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is what? Near. Everybody say near. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. You know where God is by you today when you're brokenhearted, when you're going through pain? You know where He is? He's there with you. And, you see, and a, lot of, a lot of times people go into churches and they see a, they see a crucifix and they see, they see Jesus hanging on the cross. And by the way, guys, he's, he's not there. The Bible says that He was offered up once for sins, He hung on the cross once for sins. He was brought down off the cross. He was put in the tomb and the grave and he came out victoriously. And now he's ascended to right hand of the Father. You know where he is today? He's there right today making intercession for you and for me. He's alive. He, he's well. He knows exactly what you're going through and what you need to do. Do you, do you think, hey, listen, have you ever had anyone betray you? We all have. Maybe that closest individual, maybe it was a marriage partner, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a dear friend, maybe it was someone you bared your soul to, and they betrayed you. Do you think Jesus had anybody betray Him? Yeah, He did. Yeah, He did. And guys, listen, He knows exactly what you're facing. He knows exactly what you're going through. 
And what we've got to do is give it over to Him. We'll never get past the resentment. So what about the regrets? What are, what are regrets? Regrets are those things that we look around and we say, man, I, I blew it. And we live the rest of our life with guilt. Listen, God doesn't want you living with guilt. He wants you to tell Him about it. Give it to Him. Listen, how many of you guys have done some things that you're not proud of? I'll be the first one to raise my hand, right? Matter, matter of fact, I want you to turn your neighbor right now and say, you've done some stupid stuff right now. Just tell him that. <laughs> I know some of you husbands have been waiting a long time to tell her that. And wives, I don't want you to get offended. That didn't come from your husband. That's just me talking in this message. They're just being obedient, okay? I'm just kidding you. But listen, guys, we've all done some stupid stuff. And we can't live our life in regret. I mean, there's some things I go, whenever I think back in my life, I turned 50 this year. This is the year I turned the big 5-0. And it's rocked me a little bit. I'm like, whoa, I'm getting, I'm getting old, you know. And sometimes I think, boy, I'd like to go back to my 19s and 20s. And, but I don't really don't think I would. I guess, the, I guess maybe the only way I would, if I was able to take all that I know now, would maybe go back there. But I don't know. When I was there, I kind of knew everything anyway. So I don't know. Right? We've all been there. Listen, guys, we, we can't live life with regrets. And, and we ought to wake up and live every day so we don't have to live that day with regret. And the only way we can do that is through the power of the cross, through the power of the gospel, through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ living in our hearts and living in our lives. A verse of scripture that hits all of us is Romans 3.23. It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Guys, there's not a person in this room who hasn't fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a person in this room who has not sinned. We have all sinned. And what we simply need to do is bring it to the cross and give it over to Him. The second area that, that I think that Jesus wants to set us free from is not just simply the past, the pain of the past, but the second area is this. I think He wants to set us free from the pressures of today. Now, how many of you guys would agree that life is busy? Right? I mean... Do you ever feel the pressure of life? Do you ever feel that? Just the, the schedule, you look at your schedule and think, I don't even know how I'm going to get through all of this today. Right? Or I don't know how I'm going to get through all of this this week. And, and just the pressure and the stress of everything that we deal with. Maybe it's life that we feel sometimes is out of control. Or it's our calendars or our life that are simply out of balance. Well, I think there's two things that the Lord wants to do for us. He wants to give us strength and He wants to give us stability for today, right? Now, how does he do that? In Isaiah chapter 40, I believe the Lord can give us both of these. And we need them from him. Not our own strength. We need them from him. In Isaiah 40 and Philippians 4, we're going to look at both of these verses of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 and 29. The Word of God says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that the God that we worship and we serve never gets tired? He never grows faint. He never grows weary. I love that. And there is no limit to his understanding. He knows exactly what you're going through. But look at verse 29. He gives us some things. He gives strength to the weary. And he strengthens the powerless. And guys, I'm just trying to share with you. How God is never intended for you to live life by yourself. He doesn't want you to trust in your own strength. 
He doesn't want you to trust in your own power. He says, I am here. I am near the brokenhearted. We've already seen that. And he said, I'm here to give you strength. And I'm here to strengthen the powerless. He said, I've got all you need. But the problem is, we go through our life and we don't trust him. We don't depend on him. We're self-absorbed and we're totally independent and we don't need anybody or anything, so we think. And we go through our life and... You wonder why people are stressed out. Matter of fact, I want you to look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. And this is the Apostle Paul in all of his missionary journeys and all of his endeavors of being a Christ follower. He sums it up with this. He says, I know both how to have little and I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. He's getting ready to tell us something here. I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry... Whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through... Stop right there. Stop right there. Because we will read the scripture and we'll say, oh yeah, we're able to do all things through him who strengthens me. We're able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But are we really living like that? I am able to do all things through myself. I am able to do all things through my intellect. I am able to do all things through my checking account. I mean, maybe we all wish we could, but we can't, right? You fill in the blank there. What are you trying to do by yourself? Now, I realize whenever we come to church on Sunday, it's real spiritual to say through Christ, right? Yeah, Jesus is the answer for everything, right? We've already, we heard that joke a few Sundays ago, right? Jesus is always the answer, right? And when we come to church, it's easy to say that. But really, how are you living your life? Are you really trusting in Him with the pressures of today and the stress of today and the schedules of today and the family situations of today? And parents, you may be looking around and thinking about your kids. You think, man, I've completely lost control of them and I don't know where they're going and what's going on. Turn it over to Jesus. He knows. Right? You may be looking at your marital relationship. You're thinking, man, this thing is going south quick. I don't know what to do to turn it around. You You need to quit trying to do it yourself and give it to Jesus, right? Whether it be your finances, maybe it's your health. Maybe you're in distress over your health. And maybe whatever's going on in your life. Listen, give it to Jesus. Trust in Him because we are able to do all things. Everybody say all things. We are able to do all things through Him. Through Christ Jesus who gives us the strength that we need. But guys, let me try to wrap it up this way. A lot of times we struggle there because we think, boy, if I just go to church... If I'll just go to church on Sunday, everything will be okay. Maybe if I'll just be a, start trying to be a religious person. Guys, and I've already mentioned this. It's not about being religious. It's about cultivating our relationship. It's not about taking communion, although taking communion is a wonderful thing. It's not about being baptized, although baptism is a wonderful thing. It's not really about even coming to church on Sunday, although that's a wonderful thing. It's about cultivating our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're getting ready to start a study here at Victory Church titled R12. And that stands for Romans chapter 12. We're going to launch this next Sunday. And in this study, we're all going to be studying together on how to cultivate and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're really going to be unpacking true spirituality and see what it really means to be a Christ follower and how that changes our life in every single area of our life. 
I want to invite you back to that next Sunday. I've got a short video clip I want to show you right now. This is our R12 study, and it will help transform your life. Watch this short video. promise you, then we could be on our pathway to being set free from some of the things that hold us captive. Let me give you the third thing. I'll be done with this. I think there's three areas where Jesus wants to set you free in your life. Number one, we've already talked a little bit about the pain of your past. Number two, we've talked briefly about some of the pressures of today. And thirdly, I think this one, jot this one down if you will, please. Jesus wants to set us free from the pessimism of tomorrow. Now listen, there are some people that are just pessimistic people, right? We know who they are. Right? I don't think they know who they are, but we know who they are. Right? You with me? I mean, some people, the glass is always half empty. I mean, just the sky's always falling. Right? But I think the Lord wants to set us free from that. I don't think we have to run around disillusioned like maybe the disciples did those three days in darkness when Jesus was in the tomb. I think we can experience joy every day of our life and have a, have a positive outlook because of what Christ has done and our hope that, that we find in him. So there's a lot of pessimistic people. They're pessimistic. Here's a few things that people are pessimistic about. And maybe we all identify with this a little bit. We're pessimistic about the safety of our kids at school. Hello? It seems like every week on the news there's another nut job that's went into some school and done something stupid. I mean, so, yeah, sometimes we are pessimistic about the safety in our school. We're, we're very pessimistic about the moral decay in our society, right? I mean, sometimes I think, I don't know if it's going to get any better. And you know what? Apart from Jesus Christ, it will not get any better. Are you with me, church? We're pessimistic about the inability of our government. Everybody say amen right there. We're pessimistic about the injustice of, the, of our just criminal, criminal system. I mean, what is going on with all of that? The security in America today? I mean, sometimes we're a little maybe pessimistic about that. I don't know about you. But anymore, today, I'm always watching. Right? I mean, what happened to the day you used to be able to go into a restaurant and sit down and just not, not pay attention to anything? But now I strategically position myself to protect and watch my family from some, you fill in the blank, whoever may walk in the door. Right? I mean, so we, we, sometimes we do grow pessimistic to the safety that's around us, the turmoil that's in our world today. And most people are discouraged mostly with personal issues. But I think there's a couple things here I want to point to. 
Jesus wants to set us free from the pessimism about tomorrow. And there's really two things that cause us to be pessimistic. Number one are things that we cannot change. I mean, there are things that are outside of our realm of control. The circumstances in our life that I promise you, you can lose sleep on it for a week. I mean, you can invest every dime and dollar you have into it. You can try to do exhaust all of your means, and they're still completely outside of your realm of control. And guys, you know what the Lord wants to do? He wants to change that in you. Because I promise you, there's some things that I know are completely outside of my control. But I can wake up tomorrow morning with a smile on my face, enjoying my heart and peace in my heart and be very optimistic. Why? Because I know that I have given that to Jesus, right? He is the great equalizer. Matter of fact, I was at the Bass Pro Shop a while back, and, and many of us here at Victory Church have come through the concealed carry class, and, and Brother John has taught that, and many are, are, have the permits to be able to do that. And, and uh, I remember I was at Bass Pro, and, and uh, I saw this, this, this book. It said it was a big, thick, thick book, and it said The Great Equalizer, and, and I, I, it looked like a Bible. And I pulled it off, and I open, opened up the book, and when I opened it up, there was a, a, a place to put your gun in that book and put it on your library shelf. And, well, that does equalize things. I understand that, right? But there's a greater equalizer, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, right? And what we need to do whenever there's things that are taking place in our life and we feel like we're losing control over it, it's circumstances in our life that, that we know we can't change, whether it's our children, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our, our finance. I mean, just things in our life that seem completely out of control. We can't change. Sometimes we're not careful. We'll become very pessimistic about that. And I believe the Lord wants to free us from that. But secondly, the reason why a lot of folks are pessimistic today is because they have not discovered their purpose, their plan for life. Guys, you're not an accident. May I, may I say that again? You are not an accident. By the way, let me say this. It's not an accident that you're here today. You see, God has been orchestrating everything in your life to bring you to this point in this day right here, right now, today. There's not one person that accidentally showed up here today. I don't believe in accidents. I believe in divine appointments. God is orchestrating everything in your life to bring you here this day for you to hear and know that Jeremiah 29, 11 is still in the book. God has a plan for your life. Here it is. Let's read this together. For I know the plans I have for you. Let's read this together. I'll start over. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know what God's plan is for you and what God's plan is for me today? He said, listen, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. I don't care. Listen, there may be some accidental parents, right? I don't know how you were conceived, but there are no accidental people. Do you realize all that has to take place for a child? I mean, God is at work. And He has planned you. And He has ordained a path for you. And His plan is to give you a plan that is, that is good. A plan that's filled with a good future and a great hope. But what it is, we're running our own life by ourselves. We're driving our own bus. And we need to give it over to the Lord. And we need to understand that He has a plan for us. And God has a plan for you. Now, I don't know exactly all that it is. I know part of what it is. But I don't know what all of it is. But I do know this. God's plan is for you to enter into a relationship with Him through the person of His Son. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm almost done here. 
God's plan is for you to enter into a relationship with Him. Now, if you're here today, guys, let me have your attention here. I'm about to wrap this thing up. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know His plan for you today is to come to know Him. I mean, He's done everything in the world that He can do. I mean, God created the world. Man sinned. Separated from God. And before the world was ever created, Jesus said, I'll be that sacrificial lamb that will go and pay the supreme sacrifice and the sins of the entire world to be able to bring a sinful man back into a right relationship with a holy God. And how do we do that? We do that through just simply understanding that we've all sinned. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a person in here that's free from sin. We've all disappointed God. We've all let Him down. We've all done things we can be ashamed of. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all sinned. And if you're sitting here today and you say, Well, I don't think that's me. I don't think I've ever sinned. Well, the Bible says you have sinned. Right? And if it's not the sins that you commit, maybe it's the sins that you omit. You know there are sins of commission and sins of omission. I mean, there are things that the Lord tells us to do, and if we don't do them, we're disobedient. Those are sins of omission. Those are things, things that we have omitted out of our life that God wants us to do. The point is we've all sinned. And what we simply need to do is realize that God sent His Son, Jesus, the sinless, perfect Lamb of God without spot and without blemish and allowed him to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. Yes, he was put in the tomb, but as you all well know, he came out victorious that third day and he's ascended to God the Father, sitting at God's right hand. There he's making intercession for you. And now, whenever God the Father looks over the portals of heaven and he sees all of humanity, he really only sees two men. He either sees you in Adam your sinful nature, or He sees you in Christ, His Son. Because the moment we trust Christ as our Savior, the Bible says that all of Christ's righteousness then are imputed upon us as believers, and we are now clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And whenever we stand before God the Father one day, we will not be standing there in our own good works. Our religion will be empty, but our relationship will be so full we're standing there in the person of Christ Jesus. And when God says, why should I let you, a sinful man, into my perfect heaven? We can't say, God, it's because I was baptized. That won't get you in. Lord, I was a church member. That won't get you in. God, I took communion ever since I was three years old. That won't get you in. The only thing that will get any of us into heaven is us saying, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm coming because of what He did for me. His blood has been applied to my life. God will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. And there will be throughout all eternity with Him. But it starts with a relationship. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Revelation 3.20.
Lord Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open his heart's door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. What God is saying, what the Lord is saying is I'm not going to kick down the door of your heart. I am not going to barge my way into your life. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to give you a gentle nudge. I'm going to knock on your heart's door. I'm going to ask if I can enter and come into your life. And that's what the Lord is doing even now. Do you feel that gentle nudge? Do you hear that knocking of your heart's door? Do you look around at your life? Are you struggling with some of the pain of the past? Some of the hurts, some of the disappointments? Why don't you give those to Jesus? Maybe the pressures of the present are overwhelming and you just don't know how you're going to face tomorrow. Why don't you give that over to Jesus? He said, I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Let me ask you a very, very personal question. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Not your religion. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? You see, I don't care if you're Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, Buddhist. I don't care what you are. Just being any of those things will not get you into heaven. But I am concerned with what you know about Jesus. Have you trusted in Christ? Right now, in the stillness of this moment, I'm going to ask you to do this. Every head's going to be bowed. Every eye's going to be closed. I'm not going to ask for anyone to raise their hand. I'm not going to ask for anyone to get out of their seat. I just want you right there where you're sitting to do business with the Lord. Just you and God right now. And if you're here today and you know that your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, my prayer is that you'll pray along with me. I'm going to help you in a prayer right now. That you'll sincerely mean this from your heart. You'll pray this prayer. Why don't you pray along with me silently, right there where you're sitting. Talk to God. Say something like this. Say, dear God, I realize that I've let you down. I realize that I've sinned. I realize that I've fallen short. I do have some pain from the past, some hurts, disappointments. I've been carrying those with me. and God, right now, I just want to give those over to you. Maybe it's the pressure of the present. I want to give that over to you. Maybe it's the uncertainty of the future. Just being pessimistic about that. I give that to you. Father, right now, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins you would come into my heart and you would come into my life and that you would save me. That you would liberate me. That you would give me freedom today as you promise in your word you will in John 8, 32. That I would experience a resurrection in my heart today and the resurrection of Jesus. Father, right now I give you my heart. I give you my life. I trust you as my Lord and as my Savior today. Help me to live for you. Help me to learn 
how I can grow in my relationship with you. God, I'm tired of the emptiness that comes just being religious or trying to do good works or trying to do this thing on my own. Today, right now, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I invite you into my life. I pray you become my Lord and my Savior today. Cleanse me, Father. Wash me in your spirit. Give me a a fresh start. Help me walk in the newness of life. Give me a new beginning starting today. I give you my life. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, were buried, rose again. I trust you, Jesus, as my Savior. I commit my life to you. Or some may need to rededicate our lives to you. But God, right now, I give you everything that I am on this Easter Sunday morning. I give you my life. Father, for those that have done business with you today, I pray, God, you give them the assurance of their salvation even now. 1 John 5.13 says, These things are written unto you that you may know that you have everlasting life. God, we don't have to leave here today wondering if we're saved. Wondering or biting our fingernails if we're going to enter into heaven. We can leave here today with an assurance. We can leave here today knowing that if we were to die right now, we would wake up in heaven. We'd spend the rest of our life with you. We give you our lives. Help us, God, to know that today. Father, I pray for everyone that's here. I don't know the situations in every life that every family may be facing, but God, you do. Father, I pray that you would do a work in their life, God, that only you can do. I pray that there would be a a spirit of joy and peace and freedom that would flood their soul today and a confidence and a reassurance that they would find that all in you, God. Speak to our hearts today. Do a work, God, that only you can do. And at the end of the day, we will all certainly bow our heads and give you the praise and you the thanksgiving and you the glory for everything, God, that you do in our life because only you are worthy. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.